and welcome to Native Stories. Native Stories exists to share the voices of those connected to the land. Uncle Kekuni really pushed us hard for us to get into decolonization officially at the United Nations. He really made us think about going to the international UN community and how to think about how to represent our case as a people. He also brought into his house people who were kingdom-oriented. That's where I met kingdom people, was through being at his house. Hikuni was known in the international community and in the Pacific community for hosting people at his house and also being asked to come and speak. It was like a classroom. He would always ask for visitors to say who they were, to talk about the work they were doing in their country. That's how I learned a lot about different struggles throughout the world. I met people from all over the world because of those meetings at his house. But it was 1995 that was a pivotal turning point for me. So that was Nanelo uh, introducing the book Wahine Koa. And we have here today Auntie Terry Napua Keko'olani Raymond. Uh, welcome, Auntie Terry. Mahalo for having me here. <clears throat> so thank you for coming and talking story with us, Native Stories. Uh, to discuss the book Nohine Koa, um, as it documents the life of four Manoahine and their role as activists within the 1970s Renaissance era. And obviously, Auntie Terry was one of those Wahine Koa. The book is available at UH Press, Barnes and Noble's Target, and other places. And we will share uh, those in the show notes. So, Auntie Terry, can you tell us a little bit about yourself, where you were born and raised? Uh, high school you went to, and how you got into activism? Okay. Well, I was born in Oakland, California, and raised in uh, Berkeley and the San Francisco area. Uh, my father was going to UC Berkeley studying architecture at the time, and my mother was a police officer during the day and a professional hula dancer at night at the Tonga Room in San Francisco, you know? Wow. So eventually we moved home after my father was powered school. We moved home to Oahu and uh, we moved back to um, our um, residence, which is in Kaimaki. And that's where my dad built a house and where our family grew. Uh, I went to Sacred Hearts Academy and all girls Catholic school. Um, as a student, I was interested in politics and world affairs. I became interested during my time in the Vietnam War and started organizing against the war. Uh, luckily, the, the nuns opposed the war as well, so it wasn't that hard to talk about issues related to war yeah. uh, at that time. But why, why the, why, I mean, I guess that at that time, that was the hot Yeah, it was topic, very, very, very big. Um, did you have any family, or it was just a hot topic? Did you have any family involved in that in, war? In the war? Specifically, yeah. No. Okay. No, but <clears throat> my, um, my mom's dad um, was a fireman, and, and he was involved in the, um, what do you call that? Um, Pearl Harbor attack. Oh, yeah, he was a fireman, and so he went out and uh, helped with other firemen to put out the fires. Okay. At uh, at Pearl Harbor. 
when During it was the attacked. Bombing. Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> and then because he was there, he got uh, a bullet lodged in his spine, and it rendered him paralyzed for the rest of his life. Wow. So war. Yeah. And they couldn't, you know, the consequences of war. Right. Uh, what became something that I I knew as a member of the family as a granddaughter as a granddaughter and plus right. my job when I was little was to take care of him oh and he couldn't speak because of his injury right wow so that became a, a real thing for me to learn how to take care of a kupuna uh, under the conditions that he was living under but we were really uh we were really a good team anyway. <laughs> Um, my activism in um, in high school uh, helped to make me learn about debate, okay, and research. And basically, the most important thing is not being afraid to speak out. Right. Yeah. Uh, when I graduated from Sacred Hearts, I went to UH Manoa campus, and um, I started meeting other people who have were activist minded. Uh-huh. And uh, eventually, uh, a small group of us started talking about alternatives to the American Studies program and developing our own uh, histories right. as Hawaiians, as Japanese, you know, as, as Chinese. And so we eventually uh, were part of groups to establish ethnic studies program. Right. Right? How, let me go back a little bit. What in your life prepared you for that confidence? I think... Um, at Sacred Arts Academy, we had, you know, teachers who were really, you know, telling us to be, to be confident, you mm-hmm. know, and to debate, right? To um, do your homework before you talk, but um, to not be, like I said, not be afraid to articulate your uh, position, mm-hmm. right? And I, I, I really thank the teachers during that time that I, I uh, you know, uh, was privileged to learn from, and so uh, that that really helped me. So yeah, by the time I went to university, I was ready, you know, mm-hmm. to get into another stage of uh, not just talking, but trying to develop a new way of thinking about our our place called Hawaii. So um, anyway, that's kind of a little bit of the background. Um. That was also my husband, my former husband. He he's uh, Wahala. He passed away. He was the director of the American Indian uh, Committee here in Hawaii, oh. and so he introduced me to Native American history, and um, eventually um, they started to establish powwows here in Hawaii. Yeah, so that brought another level of having indigenous people learn from, uh, you know, our people, yeah, right. about our history. Because a lot of them didn't know the history of Hawaii, too, right? right? So we began to, um, at powwows, you, you, you have uh, fried bread, you make the bread, you smoke the salmon, and you eat, and you talk story, yeah? Mm. So um, that really helped me to have another you know, point of view of how to relate to uh, the first people of another country. What was the next steps, I guess, that happened? Well, you know, I've been, I've been involved in different kinds of issues, and I'll, I'll name a few. Mm-hmm. 
I was one of the the fifth. I was part of the fifth landing on Koholawe, uh, and uh, our team, uh, people who landed there, we stayed there for three days without getting um, picked up by the military. And it really was uh, quite an eye opener to see the devastation by the military on on the Aina of Koholawe. Uh, you walk out and you would see on the reefs. Uh, you know, bombs, wow. right? And so it was very hurtful to see the devastation of a whole island right. yeah, that maybe could never be actually visited, you know, properly again. So that really helped me. And Did going to Koho'olawe also put me more in touch with uh, other Hawaiian, uh, you know, uh, leaders. And so um, I started getting involved more as a Kanaka Maoli, you know, in, in into the sovereignty uh, kind of movement at the early stages. I was also part of a group called Ohanakoa, Nuclear Free and Independent Pacific. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So through the Nuclear Free and Independent Pacific, people like Uncle Kikuni uh, and Marion Kelly encouraged us to go to some of the islands that had been impacted by nuclear testing. So I had a chance to go to um, um, Tahiti, for example, and met Tahitians who had been impacted by um, nuclear testing and, and the oppression of the French government on their people. And other, other, other nations like Australia, uh, Vanuatu, and so forth. So I was very lucky to have mentors, you know, that pushed me to say, get out there and see, you know, what's going on, communicate with people, and let's make uh, alliances uh, yeah. between one another. See right? how we're the same and see how we're a little bit different. Yeah. Mostly the same. Then uh, I've also been involved in um, burial issues. That is the... Re the reburial of ivikupuna or skeletal remains that have been e extracted from different sacred sites. Uh, the biggest one I've been involved in is uh, Mo'okapu or Mo'okapu. That's where the Kanayuni Marine Corps Air Station. Uh, Marion Kelly uh, worked at the museum, uh, Bishop Museum, and uh, I used to be her assistant. Mm -hmm. So when I went to the museum, I, I began to see all of these uh, skeletal remains. So it became like my thing and other people in the community at that time uh, to take the, the ibikupuna and to rebury them as best as we could, mm -hmm. you know, from their origi original spot. yeah the, the original place that they were taking, which is not easy. Right. Yeah. So I've been involved in uh, issues of, of uh, ibikupuna and, uh, and reburial. And then um, uh, my, my colleague and I, uh, we do this thing called detours. And detours is to get off the grid of the, uh, you know, a tourist military idea of what Hawaii is all about. And we actually uh, take people on a tour of uh, Kevalao Pu'uloa, also known as Pearl Harbor, and give picture, give people 
a historical understanding of why Pearl Harbor was taken, how it was taken, and how uh, a place of, which is once, you know, a feeder uh, of the island of Oahu, they were tremendous uh, fish ponds, right. you know, in the area, and uh, how they got destroyed, right? Destroyed from the bombing or destroyed from the military coming over here and putting in there? Well, there's, there's a lot of toxicity when you have, you know, military ships mm-hmm. and all that kind of stuff. So um, it was very sad that, uh, you know, some of these great areas that were once feeding us as a people uh, began to be toxified. Yep. Yeah. Therefore, no longer useful. No, yeah. And that's really something, you know, today we have a lot of our uh, Kanaka, our Hawaiian people, trying to uh, go back to traditional ways of of, of uh, growing Sustain- food. Yes. Yeah, sustainability, right? right? Kalo, uh, you know, sweet potato, right? right? Um, getting back to our original foods yeah. and as kikuni uh who was a doctor would say it's to ipono to eat correctly yeah instead of processed food right white bread yeah. you, you 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 go back to your original foods which is a much healthier right you know for you possibly and why we have high uh, diabetes diabetes and, and heart yeah um, heart problems yeah, yeah. Which is a good trend that's happening right now, too. Right. Yeah. People are encouraging younger people to actually go out into the lo'i and get into the lepo lepo, get into the, the mud. Yeah. And get connected yeah. with where their food comes from, but also, yeah. Yeah. When you see, when you see some of them going to the lepo lepo, they, they go, oh, this is hard work. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Tastes better. The food tastes better when it comes from hard work. Yeah. So anyway, those are some of the things I've I've been involved in, and um, the other part of my my political work has been with um, women in the demilitarization movement uh, across, uh, actually across the world. Oh, interesting. Um, but particularly in the uh, Pacific Island nations like Guam, mm-hmm. uh, Okinawa, uh, Korea, you know, Japan, um, we meet periodically to come together as an international women's group okay. to talk about the various um, issues in our respective uh, island nations and our, our countries about the militarization that's taking place. Yeah, so okay. we compare notes and we talk story with one another. And then there's also a sense of family. Mm-hmm. You begin to know one another mm-hmm. and each other's background, I think, is really important in doing this work, mm-hmm. is uh, building relationships, uh, you know, between people and supporting one another, too. Right. Yeah. So the militaries of these different countries mm-hmm. are, I guess... Using the land uh, and then uh, modifying the landscape and the economy um, and somewhat the culture, right. I assume. 
Okay. Yeah. So is that the negative things that happen when in these conversations? Is that what the idea is? Is to find solutions or just have a conversation about what's going on? No, it's to actually repair, repair, undo. Okay. You know, physical repair. Physical. Okay. And but also to begin to talk about how you do that. Mm -hmm. You know, how do you clean up PCB? You know, in an area that's been toxified, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, you you have to really think about uh, how you're going to do it, and then you need money to do it too. Right? You know, with with kaholave, because I don't I don't know anything. Um, so you said before the military came three days later and picked you guys up. So you were not allowed to be on that island. No, we it- we were arrested. Okay, and then we were jailed. Yeah. Do, uh, is the military stay on the island, or are they just? There's a different relationship with uh, people now to the mm-hmm. military on on Koholawe. Uh-huh. But the his the history of yeah. it is something that a lot of people don't realize is how many people um, went. Uh, like I said, I was I was on the fifth landing. There were four landings before, right? Right. And um, so. People went by canoe, they went by surfboard. There's a very famous uh, activist, Sam Kealoa. He was on a surfboard and had his coconut hat on and landed on Koholawe, you know. <laughs> so our people, if there's a will, there's a way, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And um, that commitment, that, that history, I think, is still part of the legacy of Koholawe till today, right? right? Just... A little bit more background for Kaho'olawe was that it was used as a testing bombing site. I yes, guess, is that right? They went and um, on with airplanes and regular bombs. I don't know different kinds of bombs and just exploded there was those a, things. Uh, there was some kind of almost atomic explosion to- okay, that that nuclear. broke the water table. Nuclear? I don't know. You know, but it just, I, I'm bringing this up to demonstrate to people that, you know, we're, we're, we're an island nation, for goodness sakes. All we have is small islands with, you know, not that much land, right? So, you know, our islands and land and the waters surrounding our islands are very precious to us, you know. So this kind of activity, it's got to stop. Yeah, yeah, and that but there's real work to be done in getting our environmental protection laws, you know, in uh in place, and getting people to follow through. It's not easy, you know. You have to really be uh, consistently on top mm-hmm. uh, of the issues. So, yeah, it takes some work. Okay. One thing I, I want to say is that um. Going to Koholawe was really challenging to me because it made me have to deal with who am I as a Kanaka Maoli, as a Hawaiian? You know, what did I know? And I began to realize I really didn't know that much, mm-hmm. you know, except from what I was taught in, you know, school, mm-hmm. which wasn't that much. Mm-hmm. So I began to meet... Uh, some of the elders in the community at the time uh, 
who kind of helped us to reconnect with the aina and reconnect with the spirituality of land. Yeah, that was a very important turning point for me. Also doing, uh, we, we used to do huakais uh, around the island. we walk around the island. And the purpose of doing that was to learn about your island. You know, go out and see how the different ahupua all connect, right? And so doing those kinds of things uh, was really important. When I was, uh, when I was uh, at Ethnic Studies, we had a class, a Hawaiian class. Uh, one of the big um, things that we did uh, is we would take students off the campus and take them into the community to meet people who were actually in struggles, like eviction struggles, mm. or who were trying to reclaim land to put it back into um, agricultural production. So getting them off the campus and in uh, involved with leaders doing this kind of work, I think, was uh, really, really important. I know it was important for me, and that continues until today. Yeah. Why why is this work so important to you? Why? I think it's reclaiming identity, you know, and uh, making 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 the connection between our right, you know, to have control over our resources, whether it be land or water or the ocean. And but I think we also need to understand that we need to step step it up, right? You know, you need to step up on the platform, right, in order to do this kind of work too. And uh, sometimes it's not easy, but you know, steady as she goes, uh, building relationships with one another, getting to know one another across the islands, even across the Pacific, mm-hmm. is really an important thing too, so that. When we read the newspaper or, you know, we're, we're listening to the news, we can relate to, you know, the, the different struggles that are going out there. But I think reclaiming identity, reclaiming co- connectivity to the aina, to the land, and uh, being um, actually trying to be creative about getting back into culture mm-hmm. and language mm-hmm. is really, really important thing. Yeah. And I, I appreciate the people at the Center for Hawaiian Studies at the University of Hawaii yeah. because they continue that legacy too, yeah, uh, to teach our history and to promote the language and yeah. Uh, culture, yeah. even through hula. I'm just wondering if you have any advice or advice or um you know words of wisdom for <laughs> <laughs> the upcoming future where they should focus and or you know that confidence part well in order to go forward you have to put your 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 foot out yeah. and get followed with the other foot yeah. you know out and then then slowly slow by slow you, you all of a sudden you're walking towards right. your you know destination for me, what's really important uh, is uh, political analysis, doing your homework. George Helm used to say that, do your homework, you know, do your research, right? Um, 
The other thing I think uh, in doing organizing work is to think about picking the right fight. Mm. Yeah. Uh, learning from the fights you pick and p- pacing oneself. Mm. Uh, building and nurturing your relationships with people. And uh, just constantly being open to other world experiences and ideas and seeking the interdependency and, and, and connectivity of all of us on this planet. Yeah. Yeah, that that to me is really... Um, yeah, it's that, not that's us really, against them. No. It's we're all trying to get to the same goal. Yeah. And uh, just a little, little thing before we end, uh, smelling the poor kinikini and chanting to bring the sun up and gently letting it set is a important thing too. Thank you. Mahalo, <laughs> Terry. <laughs> Thank you, dear. Thank you for listening to us on Native Stories. Navigate through location-based stories on our Native Stories mobile app. You can find it on Apple and Android stores under Native Stories. Go check them out and leave a review and tell your family and friends. If you have a story you would like us to tell, or want to sponsor a future podcast, location story, or walking tour, please email us at info at Please follow us on Instagram and Facebook under username Our Native Stories.